All right. Uh, welcome you all to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast with your host, Bernhard Gunther, and my wife, Laura Matsu. Today's topic is another biggie for the times we're in, and it is about how to balance speaking truth and self-care. Now, obviously, these are crazy times, not only in the US, <clears throat> excuse me, but also globally. Um, so before we dive deep in this, into this topic, let's uh, have a little, little general update of what has actually happened. I mean, the one big thing that has happened recently is again, all of a sudden, there seems to be the second wave coming of COVID coronavirus, at least in the US. Uh, or at least they're pushing the second wave because apparently all the cases, the COVID cases and death rates have gone up in various states. But again, uh, people who follow our work and what we've written about and posted about, there are legitimate questions to be asked about the numbers, the case numbers, even the tests, how valid they are and all of that. And there seems to be obviously a political agenda behind uh, all of this. Even here in California, they mandated or made, uh, again, wearing masks mandatory and in other states as well. And there's a whole division within the pop population. People reinforcing want people to wear masks and other people know that's against our liberty and, you know, they don't uh, protect us anyway. So a lot of, lot of stuff is going on, but other things have happened as well. Yeah, I think the last podcast we did, that was just the beginning of all of these riots and race wars, basically, socially engineered race wars, which was definitely a topic like very close to my own heart because I've healed a lot of issues around racism in my own journey. And I don't know, it just felt really icky that the to find out how the Democrats will kind of use these unhealed issues around race to push their own political agenda. And so we saw the tearing down of statues and we saw the defacing of statues. And then Chaz, now known as CHOP, has, has uh, the autonomous zone in Seattle started up. And um, I mean, all sorts of craziness. I've had to take breaks just in the past couple of days. I'm checking on Twitter just because it's... I, I need to balance it with self-care, basically. So that's kind of the inspiration for this podcast as well. Oh, and a big thing, too, is um, the exoneration of General Flynn. So if you don't know who General Flynn is or who we're talking about yet, he's at the center of this whole Spygate, Obamagate, Russian collusion scandal. So I highly recommend you to find out more information about that. You can research the Epoch Times, E-P-O-C-H, uh, Times. Go to their website directly, searching for Spygate. Um, they also have a really great two-part documentary, which was, uh, if you go on Google and search for Epoch Times Spygate, you're actually going to get a bunch of doctored search results. It's not going to lead you to their to their channel, but you can go directly to their channel uh, where they share information on that, which is called Declassified. Um, and you, there's a two-part documentary as well as uh, like weekly or bi-weekly updates that kind of inform people about that. So I highly recommend checking that out um, because uh, the reason why it's important that he got exonerated is because he was the main guy who they tried to frame at the center of the Russian collusion scandal, and he was a three-star general, uh, very highly respected, uh, and Obama really didn't like him. <laughs> Um, apparently he spoke up against some of the issues that he saw in um, Iraq and whatnot. So he's just a really, he's going to be, I think, a key figure um, in this whole kind of exposure of what happened there because he knows a lot, which is what Tom Montauk said in the podcast that you said as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and now that he's been exonerated, he can now uh, eventually the gag order will be re re um, lifted and he'll be able to actually speak about what happened. So he actually said something recently in one of his articles, um, you haven't heard the last of me or you'll be hearing more from me or something along those lines. So which kind of basically lends to the people to think that he's going to be speaking out more against yeah. that. So, yeah, And on that note, I want to note also for people who have done their research behind the media propaganda, there's, it's all interrelated. What's happening behind the scenes with Obamagate, Spygate, General Flynn, exoneration and offices. It's been proven by fact now that the whole Russian collusion has been lie, lies made up by the Obama administration. It's it's factual. I mean, the, uh, you know. Meaning legally. The cabal, um, the, exactly. The um, cabal uh, 
controlled mainstream media is still trying to ignore, deny, but now, but something is brewing and it's all interrelated with everything else that's been happening with COVID, the protests, the BLM, the Antifa, all of that. And it's no surprise again that uh, I think it was almost around the week uh, General Friend got exonerated. All of a sudden, boom, we are being told there's a second wave and people are freaking out. So our attention is being put away. The race was almost basically no protest anymore. And boom, we are back into the uh, pandemic, so to speak, quote unquote pandemic. So a, a lot, you know, a lot of that is the political maneuvers happening and, and much of it has really not to do, uh, you know, being concerned for our health, but you know, that's a topic on its own, but it's all interrelated. So we need to really be very, very discerning uh, regarding the mainstream news. And speaking about truth and being discerning, I just, uh, maybe uh, readers of my work who are also on the mailing list know that I released a new essay about a week ago called QAnon, The Great Awakening, PSYOP or The Real Deal. So that's a, was a lot, it's a long essay, almost 25,000 words. And uh, that's why I examine this topic of what what's what about QAnon? Is this movement, the drops, the information, the intelligence behind it, the intel relating to Trump? And my approach was really not taking, not getting into black or white thinking, but exploring it more also from my, my personal process in terms of seeking truth and all of that and my realizations. And not even looking at the political level, but looking from a multidimensional perspective in light of the evolution of consciousness, even bringing astrology in. In other aspects, the self-work aspect, how to seek truth, you know, basic critical thinking, but also the inner work, checking our biases. And on the basic level, applying the trivium, meaning uh, put your grammar research before having, before your logic, before conclusions. And I did that with QN. It was very, very fascinating and I'm still researching it a lot. And I highly recommend for people, you know, if you haven't read it yet, check it out on my website. It definitely has gone a bit viral. It got over 30,000 views within the week. And it's interesting, um, uh, also a couple of days ago, David Whitehead contacted me from his podcast, uh, The Truth Warrior podcast, because he came across my article, I actually quoted him there. And we had a great chat uh, the other day, over two hours, almost two and a half hours about this topic. But we also go deep into self-work, shadow work truth-seeking, you know, the role of suffering, the evolution of consciousness and all of that. And it was a really great conversation. Uh, and I highly recommend David's uh, podcast as well. He has another podcast as well called The Unslave Podcast, where he has regular episodes with Michael Tessarion, whose work I also highly recommend. So that's what's going on. And that's, you know, on that note, that's, you know, we can see before we go deeper into it, there's a lot of division happening in this day and age, right? And especially the Q topic, you know, that writing this article for me was very vulnerable, you know, my own process. And also knowing what the reaction and or the effect would have, not only even the mainstream, which blames it to complete uh, being at a far right, far right wing conspiracy. So dealing attacks from mainstream people, but even there's a division within the truth movement who just blatantly push it away as a psyop and whatnot. Um, so it's, 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 it's very interesting, but again, I'm not seeing it that black and white and please, you know, read the essay yourself, come to your own conclusions and, and let's see where this all going is. But, you know, it's important to bring some of these topics out and just really explore them rationally, reasonably. And then also looking at, as I do from, from a much bigger picture perspective, because there's way more going on than we are aware of. Yeah, I highly recommend watching that um, interview. Um, it's also really important. I think what he brought up a lot is like, you know, even if you're going to be wrong in the future, you also have to be able to speak your opinion and about where you're coming from right now. That's how we find out the truth. That's how we discover it. And I noticed that, you know, I'm totally willing for, to get into healthy debate in the right time and place with people. Even today, an old friend of mine contacted me and was like, oh, I noticed that you support Donald Trump. And I laid out the reasons privately to them why I do. Um, and so, you know, I've noticed that, you know, a lot of people who attack us, we've definitely gone attacked lately. I, I, I just don't want to hide it. Um, 
um, they personally attack us or they come up with straw man arguments. And that's not the people I want to engage in a conversation with. And I'm more than willing to respect people where they're at and how they feel. Because to be honest, a lot of the views that a lot of people hold and come at me with, I held as well. I hated white men. I hated the patriarchy. I blamed racism for a lot of things. And yeah, like there's definitely undercurrents of racism in some people, but from what I can witness at age 36 now, I don't know, I'm 36, I think, um, is that there's a lot less than what, what I experienced growing up in the 90s. So that's my own experience. And I also noticed that as I healed a lot of my ancestral wounds around race, um, a lot of my filters and the, what I saw the world through and always wanting to blame things on people being racist actually changed. My perception of reality actually changed immensely. So anyway, that's a whole other topic on its own. I also want to bring up um, what we've been working on personally because we are in the midst of designing a way more exclusive offer in the next few months. Um, this is going to be limited space only, only by application for sincere people who are willing to invest in themselves and engage in this process of inner and outer work, which we're kind of known for. We kind of take a holistic approach. It's not just meditation and spirituality. We bring in all these different esoteric topics. Uh, so we're going to be doing a lot of practical exercises related to the themes of this podcast in it. So if you want to find out about that, please sign up to either mine or Bernhard's mailing list. That's how we're going to announce it first. Um, and this is going to be probably sometime in fall. So just to let people know that we're working on that. Yeah. And, and just to add on that, it will be definitely like a mirror of our work on uh, similar courses in the past we've done or even our retreats. It's really combining the quote unquote inner work, the necessary inner, not only spiritual, but psychosomatic work, shadow work, trauma, wounding, all of that to clear all of that, to access our essence and true self, but also combine it with the quote-unquote outer work to put it in the context of the times we're in right now. Yeah. Because there's a lot, we need both, right? Yeah. We cannot uh, have one over the other. And that's, I see the, the again, the problem, and I've written this in past essays and, and articles, so we've even talked about it in, in podcasts before. There's usually like people are just on the inner work or spiritual work, but they don't have understanding how the quote-unquote matrix outer world operates right or don't even understand the basics of critical thinking and all of that so we need to train the mind on some level or we're the opposite and people are kind of completely lost or just in the conspiracy world externalizing and everything and I even wrote in my q and article and also in past articles like everything is basically everything becomes a trap and there's a paranoia and this, mm -hmm. they see conspiracies where there are not even conspiracies anymore right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's in the mental trap completely removed from the inner guidance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because when we talk about seeking truth, which is also about <clears throat> speaking truth, you cannot have just a mental approach. So what is needed right now is this holistic approach of bring it all together because as we've talked about before right now, beyond the crazy shit that's happening out there and the, uh, you know, the, the new world order, the matrix climbing down, there's an opportunity right now. There's a huge opportunity. There's something like a silver lining and it's like a transformation happening. It's a birth at the same time, mm -hmm. but you can easily get lost in a very ni negative nihilistic view if you just, uh, you know, get stuck in the head about it. So we need to really <clears throat> bring it all to a holistic practice. And then with this program, which we also want to also reach at this point, people who are very sincere, who want to go there and are committed because that's very much needed, that sincerity in this day and age. And it will be by application only and only for a limited uh, uh, amount of people. And we will announce it, as Laura said, in a few months. Yeah, and just during these times, it's also just important to always balance, you know, maybe I'm saying that from a Libra perspective, but we have to balance it, right? Like, um, we, and the way that we do this is by tuning into our body and listening to the wisdom of our body. And so what you just spoke about, this kind of like head-centered focus is often very cut off from the wisdom of the body. And I think if, if you go into deeper meditations, you would be surprised to say the least, at how much fear we hold in our body. And this is not just certain individuals who have trauma. It's almost everyone. It's almost like a part of the essence of like being human and stepping into the unknown from day to day. No matter how much we try and organize our lives in such a way that we are security, we have security and we have these basic modes of being and trying to just create safety. 
every single day is a new day. And especially now during these times of great change, we never know what's going to happen. So it's important to always balance, you know, because a lot of the things that we've seen, especially intentionally in the mainstream media are very traumatic, very difficult to witness. We have to notice how that impacts our body and to be able to integrate those experiences by feeling into it, witnessing it, feeling it, processing it to completion. Because if we don't do that, we're going to keep holding on and almost creating this like backlog and armor a lot of us are actually very cut off from even feeling our feelings to begin with. We don't even realize how much this stuff is impacting us. So we have to be able to process this, especially in the moment when it happens. Like I think it's Gabor Mate wrote an article recently, like the most important thing that you can do right now in his view is to feel your feelings. You know, I would say there's a lot more things we need to do than just that, but it's really an important part of the process from a psychosomatic perspective. So First of all, should we get into the the topic? What does it mean to when you speak truth? In yeah. Your... So, what does it actually mean to speak truth? Because truth, what is truth? I mean, we can get all philosophical now, right? What is the truth? And we're not talking about the absolute truth because the ultimate truth cannot be realized through the mind. It's not an intellectual understanding. It's not a thought. It's you know, it's a it's an inner realization, you know, of the divine within. So that would be the absolute quote unquote truth. But the process of awakening, you know, is we all we all have our subjective filter. So we all approach it subjectively. We look through our perceptions, as Laura mentioned. We have all our, you know, uh, belief structure, belief systems, or ideas and perceptions we view the world through, right? So everybody has a different uh, version of that. So nobody has the whole truth, the absolute truth. Everybody, has, you know, depending also on your inner work, depends how much quote-unquote objective truth you can access because a lot of what the way we perceive the world, even when we seek truth, and I go into more of this deeper in my my article, uh, in my essay regarding QAnon, which I talk about this whole process of seeking truth because if you have done not our inner work, as Laura said, it can be clouded or filtered throughout the feelings we haven't processed, our biases, mm. our wishful thinking, our projections, our triggers, mm. and then you know only see what we want to see. And then fall into all kinds of fallacies, cherry picking, strom, and whatever it may be to rationalize the conclusions we already have. Mm. And we don't become tr truly open minded. So, you know, seeking, speaking truth ultimately also means it's a process, first of all, understanding and ability to speak truth on a basic level. The way I see it is just be authentic. Yeah, the authenticity is key. I mean, if that's something that you value to begin with, I know for myself that I, um, one of my flaws in the past was trying to be liked by everyone, be get along with everyone. It's just not the truth. And that actually led me to living a life that wasn't in alignment with who I truly was. So I realized I had to determine, like, do I value get along, getting along with everyone or do I value being authentic? This is something we're going to get into a little bit later. But some insight I actually had, um, actually, while listening to your podcast with David Whitehead, that, you know, it's important to stand up for what you believe in, even if you're wrong in the future. Like in the past, I totally believe that you if you weren't vegan, then you were destroying the planet and you were a ter terrible person. I totally believed a lot of things, which I don't believe anymore now. But it was actually important for me to speak that um, truth as I, as I was in it, basically, because I was in a process of discovery and we're all in the process of the discovery. If I go through some of the old articles that I written and updated them to how I feel now, I would have to change a lot of things. So it's always this process of discovery. You know, we have to keep our eyes open and our body and, and heart open basically to discovering what is new and also be able to not be completely, my huge lesson was like, I thought that if you were emotionally passionate about something, then that made it true. Not the case. <laughs> no, you cannot. Uh, that's the key. Understand is to 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 make a comment on that real quick. It's going to go deep about what you talked about the necessity to feel all your feelings and process emotions. But you cannot necessarily trust all your feelings. They mm -hmm. can you become very reactive. Yeah. And mistake emotional, uh, you know, reactions for truth, which is you know maybe related to something completely different, but not with the facts at hand, for example. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's really important to, you know, 
if you value authenticity, if you don't value authenticity, then you need to just ignore what I'm saying. But if you do value authenticity and authentic relationships, then it is important to be honest with how you're feeling and learn how to express that. And it is a difficult process. It's so much easier said than done, you know? And that's why it's also important to balance that with some necessary self-care. Like uh, almost every day after I make a post and it gets a lot of like eyes on it and a lot of like traction. I have to do um, yoga and meditation to release it because there's a lot of anxiety and fear that comes up with it. Like, I mean, I spend a lot of my life pretending I was stupid, pretending I believe things I didn't want to believe in order to get along with people. And so that's very uncomfortable for me to start being honest. And that's something that I have to process myself, you know, and also some insights come up as well. When I balance it out with the self-care, I also so adjust myself a little bit. I'd be like, okay, I can see where I was coming from there, but then I have a new insight that also leads me into a new direction. So this is like the the balance of outer and inner work. Like I speak something that's really true and real for me, you know, and then I meditate with it and then maybe I make little adjustments and that's how we can kind of like constantly kind of check ourselves while also being able to take care of ourselves and release any fears or anxieties that come up from going through this process. Exactly. And, um, uh Bring it back. That's exactly what I wrote in my article. I talked to David as well. By the way, the podcast, uh, you can find it on my website, veilofreality.com under videos. It's embedded there. Or you go to my YouTube channel, Time of Transition YouTube channel, and it's in the interview section. Veil of Reality YouTube channel, no? The Veil of Reality, but it's called slash. Oh, okay. Uh, um, honestly, like, just go go to my website. <laughs> I confused myself right now. I think I don't know which YouTube channel is on, but it's on my website. And I send it out to the email list as well. Yeah. But I wanted to say what David and I talked about, exactly what you mentioned, the whole secret truth. It's like the refinement. It's not just necessarily you change all your mind and your beliefs, but it's refining, right? Like I, I mentioned many times before, the process of awakening is not this linear road up. It's a spiral out, in and out, and then widening in all levels, so it, it's deeply, the way you can perceive truth is not a mental process, not an intellectual research, but it's related to your level of being. And there are many different levels to look at it. If you just look at, you know, for example, QAnon and what's happening in the world, just on a 3D level, you get stuck. You may just dismiss it like I have. It's just a side obvious, you know, counter pro, uh, you know, controlled opposition, duh, for anybody who has done this research. But when you go deep and actually research it all, a different picture emerges and it's not necessarily the opposite end either. It doesn't mean that, you know, I see Q or Trump as the saviors right now, but there's, you know, a, th a third force almost, um, it's the law of three as good. You've talked about something else emerges, you know, and also acknowledging that we cannot see the truth objectively fully. We cannot see with the eyes of the divine of what the roles are really are. So it's really honoring that this, this, that seeking truth is a fluid process. And God forbid, yes, it entails sometimes changing our views and minds. It's, that's part of it. Even, you know, David and I, we talked about this in more depth. And, uh, and then people can blame you. Well, now you're contradicting yourself with this. Well, yeah, sometimes I can see myself in the past. I've, I might views have changed because new data, new information, my process has changed. I see things differently. It's a normal process. And I can say, if you still have the same views and beliefs like five years ago, then it's it's time to reevaluate your life because it keeps completely changing. And it's yeah. not, no, like you mentioned, it's not drastical changing. It's just a refinement, very mm -hmm. subtle actually. Oh, mine has been drastic. It, it can be drastic <laughs> yeah. as well, but I'm saying it's not, it can be very drastic for some people, but it's, it's most often more just like... Um, you know, uh, refinement is, is is the best work I can use right now. And like you mentioned, like speak the truth, but you know, I don't, I, I will never claim to know the whole truth, right? Yeah, if yeah. we wait until we are like omniscient, enlightened and know everything, then, <laughs> yeah. you know, nobody's speaking everything, anything. Yeah. Yeah, basically seeking truth is like a sign of growth, you know, so that's what I see it or not change, not seeking truth. So like changing views is a sign of growth in my, in my views. Like if you look at a lot of people who, you know, who are older, who are very dogmatic, who never change, same people, they usually are super fixed in their sense of reality that actually shows in their astrology chart as well by the way you know lots of people who are very earth heavy in their astrology chart you know they're slow to change and that's just the way that they are but like for me it's also just like every single day is a new day I don't I don't even know the person I'm going to be tomorrow that's the point we're at right now um so I really want to bring it back to this kind of like seasonal point that we're in um so 
we, the signs just moved into cancer. If you saw, follow the tropical zodiac, at least. Um, so it's this cancer season. So what does that mean? This means that the basic, like our basic life force will be fueled if we look at where the sun is. So right now it's about, you know, home, family, emotions, nurturing, taking care of our inner child, kind of anchoring in our own divine mother. Cancer is the sign of the mother archetype. So we really want to make sure that we're being really gentle and nurturing with ourselves during these times. And maybe for you, that means that you need to actually take a break from speaking truth. You got to check in with your own body and where you're at and what actually helps you feel good, you know? So let's talk a little bit about what self-care means to us and how some practical ways do we implement self-care on a daily basis. I'll start for me, um, you know, having a daily routine is really important to me. So I do about an hour of yoga a day, like five days a week right now. I do close to an hour of meditation every single day as well. I also engage, I I do, this is an act of self-care for me is doing tarot cards and divination so I can kind of connect to the overall energies, you know, and just having a start day and the end date um, to the time that I spend on the computer is really important to me. So like really distancing myself from, from all the craziness from all the information. That's how I take care of myself. And obviously on a basic level, maybe not so obvious to some people, you know, self-care also most fundamentally means having a secure home base, having the right diet, like all of these basic things, you know, you need your root chakra basically taken care of. So you need your right livelihood. If you're struggling to make ends meet right now, a lot, as a lot of people are, like some of these really basic needs need to be figured out. You know, if your body is unhealthy, you got to go figure out your health problems and where those are coming from. You know, all of these are really the basics of self-care. You can meditate all you want, but if you're ignoring some basic health issue or if your diet is not for the right diet for you, that's going to impact all other areas, you know? So really looking at your health holistically, I think is also how you can kind of be your own parent in a sense, you know, like you need to look at like, if you were your own mother, where would you start taking care of yourself? Yeah, that, that's very important right now. That's a good point with the cancer season, the home the foundation, really, that's what it comes down to. And that's also what we will get into in our upcoming course, uh, eight-week like uh, course we will have. And by the way, I want to mention again, if you want to be notified about all of that, please go to my website, veilofreality.com and sign up to the mailing list if you're not already. Um, but that foundation, you know, even like I've seen, I've worked, you know, you've worked with many people, myself included, be it uh, one-on-ones or in groups uh, or, or the courses we already held or um, retreats. I've seen a lot of people, you know, especially in this day and age, especially with my work, I got a lot, got a lot of the occult, esoteric, the fringe and whatnot. And people want to jump right away into the, the this kind of stuff without having the foundation. Mm-hmm. And there's a danger in that. Yeah. I noticed there's a danger. I've seen like, I talked about people, you know, misconstrue the whole hyperdimensional topic. Then they blame entities and see entities where there are, there are no entities and all of that. Um, or even with basic spiritual esoteric work, it's been known, you know, in the esoteric traditions and teachings that before you can actually dive into the deeper, the higher work, the great work the, of the alchemist, so to speak, you need to have a good basic uh, physical foundation in the yeah. physical world. Yeah, exactly. Instead of escaping the world, it's about taking responsibility to being here. That ties into your livelihood and that also ties into working for your program because there's a lot of people then blaming again the matrix for their issues, money issues and whatnot. And obviously we're being controlled here and there and, and, uh, but it's, it's the matrix runs on the scarcity program, right? On the poverty program and externalizing everything. And right now there's actually an opportunity to, become more self-responsibility to take the life in our own hands, even if because of everything happened, you get laid off or job, uh, you know, issues and all of that. There's an opportunity right now. You know, we have to become anti-fragile and seize the moment. This is, this is the, this is the time for warriors Yeah. to really self-realize yourself. Yeah, exactly. You need to have the right foundation. Um, they talk about this in Buddhism as well. If you even look at the basic chakras and how they, uh, start with the root chakra. This is all about security, home, you know, resources. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, that you have to be rich to get into spiritual stuff, which is also a fallacy that people like to to bring up a lot. 
but you have to have that basic part of your life covered because I, and I'm speaking from experience, by the way, because I was traveling around a lot. I was totally ungrounded. I was also in debt, you know, I went consciously into debt because I felt that, that, you know, I was traveling to India, doing my yoga teacher training, et cetera. But you need to have that basic sense of security because otherwise your nervous system and your survival mode will be kicked in. If you're worried about how you're going to feed yourself, where you're going to live, you know, you need to take care of that first as like un, unfun as that sounds as, you know, spirituality, you want to go away to retreat and do ceremonies or whatever, you know, but the basic 3D stuff needs to be handled, you know, because that will be in the background of your mind if it's not. So, yeah, so this is kind of like the, just touching on what you said, the danger of going into deeper emotional or spiritual or getting into occult stuff before you figure out your life, you know. Uh, Jordan Peterson is really a big fan of that concept. He's talking about like cleaning your room. And where is Jordan Peterson now, by the way, now that all his his prophecies uh, are coming true? Anyway, so yeah, going back to, can I just get back onto the track of topic? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, so going back to this topic, um, you know, self-care for me is huge in the area of boundaries. So I have, you know, my own value system, which I live by. And I don't expect everyone to have the same values of me. Of course not, you know, but I do expect if you're in my friend group, even if you're my Facebook friend, a certain level of respect. So if someone wants to um, attack me, call me names or whatever, you know, especially during these times, even if I've known you for, if I've known you for 10 years, I might let a couple passive aggressive comments kind of go by, but eventually there's going to be a point be like, I'm sorry, if this is how you want to treat me, I don't want to be friends with you. That's all there is to it, you know? And, you know, it doesn't mean I hate you. It doesn't mean I don't, you know, respect the part of your journey you're on. It's just that if you can't meet me with the same basic level of respect that I'm meeting you, then that's not to me a fair friendship. I'm really about this equal energy exchange. So boundaries is really important because the number one thing I notice too, when people are speaking truth and kind of sharing maybe uh, unpopular opinions, I guess you could call them, is that people will personally attack them being like, I can't believe you said this, you're a terrible person or whatever they say, you know, and then they'll engage with that person, which is totally your right to do so, you know, but just ask yourself, like, is this some, is this a treatment I allow in my life? It's like, I forget who says this, like, you know, like people... People will only, people will treat you uh, in as much as you'll, what's the quote? Um, I'm forgetting it, but basically that like you accept the love that you think that you deserve. So if you think that you deserve to be talked down on, you know, attacked or whatever, if there's a part of you that's kind of running that like I'm worthless, I'm I'm crappy, you know, then you're going to just engage with people in that. In fact, you're going to believe the things that they say about you, which is even more harmful. So we have to be, we have to really look at our own self-worth issues. Like this is why speaking truth and inner work is totally correlated because it's going to bring up our self-worth issues or whatever. That's also why it's important to understand, you know, like some battles are not worth fighting. We need to choose our battles wisely. We're going into Mars and we just went into Mars and Aries season. You know, Aries is definitely very direct, very uh, sure about itself. It's a very fiery sign. So is Mars is actually in its home sign in Aries, um, according to some astrology systems. But, you know, choose our battles wisely. Is it worth it for you to get into a two hour Facebook thread comment thread conversation with someone who isn't even interested in hearing you out to begin with and just wants to prove you wrong. A lot of people who are interested in proving you wrong will ask you loaded questions. And for me personally, I have so much stuff on my plate right now that I don't have time to engage with these kinds of people. You know, if you, I'm sorry, if you don't like my writing and work, the amazing thing about the internet is you could literally just unfriend me and stop reading my stuff. But the people who get very triggered, they really want to focus on you. In fact, I've had people who I've unfriended who just un- refriend me again. It's like, you're getting so triggered by my work. So obviously there's something in them that is actually compelled to my work, yet at the same time wants to attack me for it. You can totally read my work. A lot of my posts are public. I'm totally fine with that. But I don't. if you're going to go on there and attack me, then I'm not interested in being friends with you. So what I'm just basically bringing to attention is I have my own personal set of boundaries so that when I'm in situations, I'm... I know how to act very quickly because I'm like, okay, this is what I am open for. This is what I'm not open for. This is the kind of dialogue that I welcome. This is the kind of dialogue that I don't welcome. So 
understanding where you stand in that, you know, I think can help people filter things in the moment as they come up better. Yeah. Excellent. So Leah, I want to expand on that a little bit as well from my experience, because as Laura just mentioned, a big part of self-care is having appropriate boundaries, right? And especially if you're on social media, especially in this day and age, the luge fest out there, it can be tricky because this is the time, like I said, to speak up, to speak truth. It's important. I see a lot of people understandably, because it's also a vulnerable process for me, you know, every time I share something, because in our position, especially we get a lot of attacks, psychic attacks, projections and all of that. So it's not easy to navigate, to be in the warrior state. And a lot of people are afraid to speak out because they're afraid of conflict, of being ostracized. And so they they limit their voice. They don't want to create havoc. They, you know, they want to, don't want to rock the boat, so to speak. Then a lot of people can be very, still very, very concerned how other people think of them and all of that. But that's how the matrix operates, right? So it's also part of getting out of our comfort zone to speak truth despite fear. Like that's how a warrior actually acts from the Carlos Castaneda's view or Don Juan's view of a warrior. A warrior is not fearless. A warrior acknowledges his or her fear, but acts despite the fear with courage. And that's what speaking truth means, but having appropriate boundaries. Similar to Laura, I have also my boundaries on Facebook. You know, I delete block people, people block, delete me. And I have rules. It's it's really choosing your uh, battles wisely with Mars and, Mars and Aries, especially now. And I have in my natal chart, full disclosure, Mars and Aries. So I didn't always choose my battles wisely. I was wasting a lot of time trying to convince people getting into debates, quote unquote discussions, until I learned more about basic fallacies. So now I have... A no tolerance uh, policy on my Facebook profile, for example, which is number one, not a public forum. So not everything goes. Uh, and then people blame me that I delete whatever people for, because they just don't agree with me and I censor. No, it's not true. There's many, plenty of people who don't agree with me, but they don't engage in, first of all, personal attacks, ad hominem attacks, which also can come through very passive, aggressive, virtual signaling kind of spiritual lingo covered mm-hmm. attacks, especially mm-hmm. passive-aggressive, right? And uh, strawman arguments, completely misconstruing what I said, cherry-picking, loaded questions, what you uh, what you just alluded to, and all of that. And I'm not going to get myself baited into, into any any discussions, especially if they are consensual. Really, there's an agenda behind it. Yeah. And also, you have, everybody's free to do whatever they want with your personal uh, uh, profile. You don't owe anybody an explanation, Right. Then sometimes, like Laura just mentioned, people don't even get triggered when we delete or block somebody. And then they send us messages or talk crap about us on other posts and whatnot, or send even an email. I'm like, if you here's a here's a reality check for you to reflect on. If you even get deleted and blocked and then get upset about it, triggered to the need to speak quote unquote shit about this person, then it's time to reflect. Because something within you got triggered, right? It's not about the other person. That's a time to use the trigger to do shadow work. Mm-hmm. And if you do sincere in that process, tune into your body, what will come up? Most likely issues related to rejection, abandonment, mother-father issues, all of that, they get triggered and project on the person who blocked or deleted you. I don't waste one single single second if somebody deletes, deletes or blocks me because, okay, this is their free will, whatever. Who cares? It's just Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, so let's go back into that topic you brought up of the importance of understanding logical fallacies because I know for myself, uh, my one of my karmic challenges was I basically what happened is in 2012, I hate to sound cheesy, but I'm just going to say it anyway, is I had this complete like ego dissolution of who I thought I was. Before that, I was very... I was a very mentally strong person. In fact, I used my mind as a weapon. Um, I used it to argue, debate, prove people wrong, etc. I was highly head-centric. And then something happened in 2012 where just, it's like my mind broke. And then I had to kind of rebuild it from there. Um, so now I even realized as a spiritual path for myself, I actually need to develop the mind. My emotional body is very developed, almost overdeveloped, but the mind needs to be developed. And so one of these main things that I learned even through you is actually the importance of understanding logical fallacies. So let's just describe a few key ones that are used. Um so number one, strawman arguments. Strawman argument, as the word implies, is basically you make uh, somebody uh, is building a strawman, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Like an, a, a figure, you know, like 
creating an argument you didn't even make and then it's attacking that yeah You're attacking something you didn't even say so right? if you were so for example reading your q on article i would be i would say so you're saying that donald trump is the savior and now you're a racist <laughs> like that would be like that's, the straw that's, man. that's, that's definitely <laughs> that's a the classical straw man yeah. i think the most classical uh, examples for straw man argument is there was this very popular video when i think jordan peterson a couple of years ago was on this english show i forgot what her name is and she always said so you're saying so you're mm -hmm. saying she was pulling one strong yeah. argument after the other yeah i remember that right yeah. strong arguments is is also what the mainstream media is doing with donald trump mm -hmm. taking things out of context completely yeah. taking things out of context that's that's a big one too I, my work has been taken out of context yeah you know so that's strong argument is basically attacking something you didn't even say or didn't imply Right. So, so that's the number one. So that's then the, the number two. No one, you know, it's all then debate, debate ad hominem means basically personal attacks, character yeah, assassination. Yeah. So let me just be clear with that. So the number two uh, logical fallacy people engage with are ad hominem attacks. So that can be like uh, very direct, but like you're a stupid blah, 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 like idiot or whatever. It happens all the time, especially from people on the left. But it also can be more subtle, like, you know. Uh, so I'd be like, oh, of course, Bernhard would say that because he's into all these entity nonsense topics or whatever. It can be very subtle. Yeah, you too. know what a very subtle uh, ad hominem attack is the mainstream media and, and people in the mainstream use is, oh, he's a conspiracy theorist. It's being used as an ad hominem attack mm -hmm. because conspiracy theorist means like you're a crazy, insane person. It's a, it's a char character assassination. Yeah. It has nothing to do with addressing the information itself. You're attacking the person. Yeah, exactly. So those are, and what, what would you say is like the number and third an, one? And then another one is like black and white thinking. Mm -hmm. Completely just one, either it's either or, you know, like my article is either, you know, Q and Trump are the saviors of the world or it's a psyop. Well, yeah. maybe it's not that black and white. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I would just recommend if you look up logical fallacies, you can find a bunch of websites that will go into yeah. that. You, there's um, one called yourlogicalfallacyis.com. Yeah, that's a good one. A good one and yeah. another one I want to mention because I've been dealing this. Even I sometimes I my fallacies I talk about it in in my article in, in QAnon, right? Um, it's also called the Texas sharpshooter or cherry picking. When you already have a conclusion, you only look for information to already um, justify the conclusion you had. You just you know, or the ties also taking things out of context. You know, send many people like in my essays, which are long, bringing so many topics in, and then they focus on one single thing, right? Uh, cherry picking, mm -hmm. trying to say, oh, he's wrong about this, hence he must be wrong about everything. Or this yeah. thing doesn't, uh, uh, you know, it contradicts something else, but not seeing the context of the whole picture. Totally. Yeah, exactly. So that kind of like candles like the speaking truth part, you know, so just kind of we need to balance this, right? So we need to also be in warrior mode, research mo mode, you know, it's related to the male aspect of consciousness, but we must not neglect our own personal life and our own personal feelings. Cause you're, I trust me, I was, I was doing that when this whole thing started and it was not leading me down a good road. So, you know, I, I would just, as a practical tip, the number one self-care tip I would really give to people, it's part of this uh, concept called the 80-20 rule. Mm -hmm. So find the 20% of the things that you do that is responsible for 80% of you feeling good. So for me, it's yoga and meditation. Yoga and meditation is a 20% of things that I do for the day that's actually responsible for the 80% of me feeling good. And I would even throw working out into that as well. Um, so that's what we need to really need to think about. So if you don't know what actually makes you feel good, this is now a time of process, especially cancer season to go into that process of self-discovery. Like what me, what makes me feel calm, safe, relaxed, centered, all of these things, you know, it can be something little. It doesn't, you know, you don't need to become a yogi all of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. So I always want to note in that point, like, you know, careful what makes you feel good because it can also become like, okay, I'm just going to smoke pot all day because it makes me feel good. Yeah, that's you know not what I, mean? what I <laughs> yeah, that's not what <laughs> I'm like leaning a healthy, towards. A healthy, practice. exactly. Which, you know, for me, it is like similar to you. Um, I, some, I, you know, I like my yin yoga, my qigong, but also meditation, definitely somatic, you know, especially longer meditation. We just talked about it today. I was just doing 20 minutes and I had some breakthroughs, but sometimes you really need to go longer to yeah. really go break, have a breakthrough because I sense in myself the longer I meditate, you know, I carry a lot still in my body and there's a lot of unconscious stuff I take on 
we take on our bodies. Most people, especially in this day and age, your body's storing so much. You're not yeah. even aware right now. It may come out in some later taste, ties into this trauma installment program we talk about. And your body carries that. And I noticed that recently I had a long meditation the other day and going deep into that, how much fear my body is still holding on to. It's just yeah. stored in the body and being able to feel into that and release it consciously, let go of it, yeah, right through the somatic approach. So that's yeah. that's my that as well. And for me personally, it's also just walks in nature, right? Yeah. Just get out, move, be in nature, uh, walking barefoot, get in the sun. I need my I'm in the sun every morning, reading some Sri Aurobindo. You know what I mean? Just to kind of like get my ground myself, to clear myself, all of that. These little things and can be anything, you know, like I like love water to swim or take a good shower. Cold shower helps me as well. Um, find out what works for you, right? These, this, this 20%, as Laura said, to set up uh, the 80%. Yeah. The 20% of things that you do that make you feel good and then committing to it. Because if you can commit to that, like that's kind of you committing to your self-care practice. So, you know, and the importance of longer meditations, like, yes, totally when you first start meditation, I always recommend people start it with like five, 10 minutes and preferably after yoga. And I explained this to someone who I was coaching this week and, you know, they were asking me like, okay, like they had all these psychic gifts. I was like, how can I ground this? The number way that you can kind of ground mental energy or too much kind of environmental energy, which is what we're dealing with right now, is the importance of yoga or qigong or some sort of movement practice is you're clearing out energy. Like it helps you clear out. And then the reason why you're supposed to go into meditation after that is because it's about clearing out the energy and stilling the mind. Those are the two things, right? And so that's how you develop mind-body mastery, right? So if we're consuming information you know, and we're not really feeling or processing in the in the moment, then that gets stored in the body. So we need to actually be, it's like this energetic, physical mind-body hygiene we need to be engaging. Just as we pick up gunk when you don't shower for a few days from our environment, we also pick up stuff energetically on the emotional body. And depending on your astrology chart, you need to actually balance out whatever is dominant in your astrology chart with a different element. So for myself, I'm lacking in the fire element. So for me, you know, I have a lot of water and air in my chart. So what I've discovered is that anxiety and fear is basically air and water energy, like trapped in the body. Like there's a stagnancy there. It's not moving. So a good cure for this for me is actually like fire activity. So this is breath work, intense exercise. Like I do this thing called high intensity interval training where you really, you push yourself to your capacity and then you rest. So everyone is different. If you have a lot of fire in your chart, actually you might want to be using like more or compassion exercises, even listening to emotional music, you know, get in touch with your emotional body. So um, that's interesting because I have quite, you know, I have all the elements, but a lot of fire and air in my chart, mm-hmm. water too, but I'm, I'm not that much. I'm still earth, but earth is just kind of like in the, you know, lesser. And for me, that's where I said more grounding yin exercises, Qigong is very grounding, earth oriented. Yeah. And all of that. Yeah. So, and also just checking in with your body constantly. So like notice when you get locked in fear and how this tends to manifest, I notice in myself and even when I notice in you is like the death scroll on Facebook, because when we're locked in an unconscious pattern that we're not aware of, then usually we're ignoring how we're feeling. So, you know, just the body check-in is key, you know, from moment to moment, Whenever you notice yourself kind of locked in a pattern that isn't necessarily, that's very mechanical and repetitive, check in with your body and be like, what does my body need right now? Like if after I have a really intense um, session with someone or something, I check in with my body. I'm like, okay, what does my body need with right now? And I honor that and I meet that need. So many of us are used to ignoring our needs, you know? Uh, a good practice is anytime you have a need come up, anytime you feel thirsty or go to the bathroom, practice actually meeting that need and you'll notice how much you, we actually are kind of almost programmed to ignore our needs. So, Okay, so that's that's your homework before we close one of the homeworks um, to check like, again, what are the 20% uh, things you can do that are responsible for the 80% of feeling good, like to really like consciously have some practices, exercises that make you feel good and grounded in this day and age, you yeah. know, beyond the whole mental approach, or, you know, and fixation on the world right now. Yeah. So another one will be really like, <clears throat> well, let me really just, let me just make that clear to people. This okay. is kind of a new thing. So we really want to 
uh, kind of encourage you into practical action. So rather than just listening to this podcast and just taking it in and then forgetting about it, you know, so we're going to ask you as a homework exercise, what are some ways that make you feel safe, relaxed and nurtured? What are some ways that you can meet your emotional needs? What are the 20% of things that you do that's responsible for the 80% of you feeling good? And then what I'm going to challenge people is commit just for a week doing one a day for the next week. It doesn't have to be the same thing, but finding out what those things are and then commit to doing one a day for the next week. Let it be like an exploration into yourself because we know our own process and working with others that everybody is different too. So you need to find your own way, your personal individualized practice. Yeah. Right. And I'll go into the second part yeah. of the of the homework exercise. Yeah, that's a good one too. So leading into how to balance self-care and speaking truth. So after this week, after you commit to doing one thing a day that helps you make you feel safe, relaxed, nurtured, who is someone in your life who you've been afraid to be truthful with? And after you do this week of self-care, commit to having one honest conversation with that person at the end of this week. So we'll see how people go. Leave your comments on the Facebook, or not Facebook, sorry, on the Veil of Reality community board if you're a member, you know, and let us know how it went. I'm just curious how how that goes for people because that's the balance, at least that's I found in my own life, is the more that I did the inner work, the more I actually showed up in my life, basically. And truthful in that context also meaning being authentic. How are you authentic in your relations in your everyday life? Yeah. Be it... Social media, Facebook, personal relationships, husband, wife, um, friends, family, who knows, you know. So these are the times to be authentic, truthful. And I know it can be hard because there's a lot of division. Some of it, a lot of division, divide and conquer created out there by psyops and all of that artificially, as we know. But there's a natural, I feel, division, quote unquote, happening, a splitting, because we need to stay true to ourselves. And there's a cleansing happening of relationships that just simply don't work anymore, connections and letting them go for new to come enter. And we experience in our own lives and this is the times we're in and not holding on to the old, right? So so contemplate or meditate on that, on that as well. What does it mean for you to be truthful and authentic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think that almost close up our first hour. And in the second hour, we're going to go into really talking about a deeper uh, understanding of cognitive dissonance, you know, how it's important to understand we can't just reach people just by sharing information. Uh, We're going to talk more about authenticity versus attachment, um, really about this verge of this new era that we're on and the friend cleansing going on. And then again, going up to this topic of self-care, Uh, what I call the great friend cleanse of 2020 and just this painful birth that we're going through. Like we have to really understand we're at the beginning of a new era. So we're going to go deeper into that as well. So yes, the second hour as always is available for members and you can sign up if you haven't already at my website, veilofreality.com. The membership gives you access to all the podcasts and all the second hours of all podcasts, as well as to the membership forum. And also, if you have not signed up to my mailing list, please do so at my at my website as well to be notified about future content and also the courses and offerings we have mentioned in this podcast. And there's a lot in the works behind the scenes. Yeah, and you could also visit my website, lauramatsu.com, M-A-T-S-U-E. I've published a few recent articles there along with I'm now offering astrology sessions. Again, you can learn more info about that on my website. Um, I also offer extended uh, somatic coaching basically using Compassion and Inquiry by Gabor Mate if you want to go further after getting an initial reading from me. So you can check that all out there. I believe I'm actually booked up for the next month because it's been going so well, but Um, it's definitely worth the wait if you've never gotten an astrology reading because I do like to balance it out with some practical advice that you can start on as soon as I look at your chart. So hope to meet some of you guys there. All right, you guys. See you in the second hour. Mm